Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 557, and here we go. Precious to him. The harder we question, the harder we hunt. The harder we hunt, the more we learn. An impossible question. I trailed off as realization burst onto me. Elodin. That is what Elodin had been doing. Everything he'd done in his class. The games, the hints, the cryptic riddling. They were all questions of a sort. Martin shook his head and wandered off, but I was lost in my thoughts and hardly noticed. I had wanted answers, and in spite of all I had thought, Elodin had been trying to give them to me. What I had taken as a malicious crypticism on his part was actually a persistent urging toward the truth. I sat there, silent and stunned by the scope of his instruction, by my lack of understanding, my lack of sight. That's the page and the chapter. You know it was me who read it because it was short. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So I would like to to, to kick this one off with a uh, a crackpot theory. Okay. That's uncharacteristic of you, but go ahead. I know, right? I know. That's why I wanted to jump right in because I'm usually the one who's going, there's no such thing as cracks or pots. But here's a notion, a notion for you. Quoth has this kind of epiphany where he realizes that Elodin has been hasn't been like being a jerk to him for no reason. Elodin has been trying to get him to seek out his own answers by questioning the world by thinking in a different way. And he comes to that realization by thinking about the way his dad would tell him stories and sort of get him to try to puzzle out what those stories are supposed to mean. Quoth's dad is positioned as like an ordinary person who is a good musician who's like, you know, trying to dig up this particular kind of song. He's not positioned as like a special wizard or anything. He's just like a guy who likes music and who is good at it. But what if this is a clue that Quoth's dad is aware that Quoth is in, is uh, uncommonly intelligent, that he might even be a namer. Maybe Quoth's father knows what naming is. Maybe he's trying to see if he can unlock that kind of potential in his son from a young age. By teaching him this, this kind of this method of thinking, this kind of critical thinking of the universe. Are you suggesting he's a wizard? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if this is a thing that I believe. This is just me reverse engineering the idea that Quoth has just had. Right? Like, oh, Elodin is just like my dad. He's trying to get me to think about things in a different way. Well, what if El- what if your dad is more like Elodin than you think, Quoth, is my, my line of questioning. I will say this, and it is leveraging meta text, so it may not be permissible, but I do remember being baffled at the suggestion that the now-dead Kingkiller show was going to be about Quoth's parents, two people who, to my mind, are not important in the wider scheme of things. Like, I cannot fathom a story about them, like a show about them being all that interesting. But if there's a secret reveal that his dad is actually also a wizard or, or a fey prince or whatever, which I actually don't want to be true because Quoth is already a special boy, but that would certainly be a more interesting show. Not to give the meta text too much leverage, they're making all kinds of stupid prequel shows about characters who don't matter. Like they made a sto- they made a whole show called Krypton about Superman's parents. And the only interesting thing about Superman's parents is that they're dead along with the rest of Krypton. So it would it'd be like making a show about the adventures of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Like it, it Yeah, well you could do a show that's Martha and Martha solving crimes together. <laughs> I'd watch it. Martha. <laughs> I think what's what's funny is that the people who decide what shows to make think that all 
nerd content has the same cultural cachet and that people will be int- equally interested in it no matter how it is like this the star the star wars side stories work because there's been 30 years of interest and like imagination invested into these side characters but like i'm looking forward to house of the dragon crashing and burning no pun intended because first off they squandered all the goodwill for, for game of thrones on the final season of game of thrones but also like in a, actually, that's a bad example because the house of the dragon might be interesting and in, in a you know in different hands i mean like, here's the thing i loved fire and blood i devoured that like like a pile of cocaine and if i had any faith that hbo was going to make a good show out of it i would be really interested but i don't because they made a bad show out of the game of well, thrones the, books. the krypton is a great example and like uh the, even the king killer show is a good example like king killer despite what the fact that we talk about it every day for the rest of our lives uh king killer is not like a huge cultural deal so the idea that people would get excited about a king killer prequel show is baffling because like what's cool about king killer is the the central story of king killer and trying to sell people who aren't already bought into it on a prequel show is a baffling decision i agree with you and i think that the the appeal of king killer is much more about the character of quoth and his adventures rather than like the setting but I have also met people who, uh, unlike you and I, their only connection to Star Wars was a like they consider themselves huge Star Wars fans, but they had only ever seen the films. They they did not care to read any of like the ex- the trashy expanded universe novels or role playing games or whatever that you and I devoured, and that was because like for them the universe of Star Wars was not all that interesting. The the particular story of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and Princess Leia was what was interesting. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think without that central, I think without that central story to anchor you, the world of King Killer isn't all that interesting. I think that you need to spend time in it basically through this story before you're going to be willing to buy into a side story. I agree. I agree. Um, Getting back to the page, as I'm sure Jordana is silently but furiously yep. admonishing us. Uh, <laughs> you, you can feel the vibe. Of, yes, I can of feel that, your anger. The microphone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Captain, I'm sensing bad vibes coming from our third co-host. This is something that we as podcasters have been kind of annoyed at Quothat in the past. Because like we can see so clearly that Eladin is being like a Yoda, right? He's like trying to get Quoth to see things in a certain way. It seems very obvious to us as readers and it's taken Quoth this long to catch up, which, I mean, I think this, this you have to read this as kind of a comment on Quoth's character that he's very, very clever, but he's not always that bright, you know? Well, I was I was thinking that it's, it's sort of... Uh a juxtaposition between like there's like the school smarts and street smarts thing. And sometimes Quoth is one and not the other. And sometimes the, he's the other and not the one. Like, it seems like he has a really hard time being both. I think you could chalk it up to the fact that he is somewhat, even when he tries to downplay this aspect of himself, I think Quoth is a bit arrogant. And even when he tries to present himself as, as, humble or 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 come at something from a place of humility he kind of always thinks that he knows better or that he knows more than whoever's teaching him and a lot of what happens in this book is like small examples of him being proven wrong right and him kind of failing to learn humility and that's why this is like a moment of 
not just introspection, but a moment of character development and like a rare moment when the character goes, oh, I'm doing character development right now because he's actually struck dumb, quite literally. He presses escape on the conversation and becomes lost in thought, forcing Martin to just wander away and go, okay, and then leave because he realizes I was wrong about this and I need to reevaluate my attitude toward it. And this actually rings true to me because oftentimes, for me anyway, I do need distance in order to like, process how I feel or or what I've learned about something. And that was something that was made explicit to me when I was finishing grad school that you actually need to take time and like do retrospectives and kind of like understand what it is you've experienced from a distance. And Quoth has been going, going, going um, pretty much constantly since landing at the university. There's very little time for introspection even when he's supposed to be learning, he's too busy being motivated to, uh, you know, pursue his, his mad goals. So there's a rare moment here when he's, he's seeing someone else do it or someone else fail to have introspection. Dayton and Hespi fail to understand it, fail to take on the challenge and consider it. And he can point out and say, no, no, this is what I was trained to do when I was a kid. And then kind of realize, oh, and that's what Ellen was also doing. If only I had the, the eyes to see. Hmm. To be fair to Dayton and Hespi, the story that he told them was just a shaggy dog story. It doesn't mean anything. Other stories that his dad told him did. Can you be sure it doesn't mean anything? Yes. Maybe it's a metaphor for his journey. Maybe the Chandrian R, the screwdriver. Maybe. Hang on. I got it. There's something that's locked that isn't meant to be opened. And the boy goes on a long journey trying to find the means to unlock it. And when he does, disaster strikes that cuts his story short. Oh, wow. I can't believe you just did that. Are you suggesting that the that the, that the screw that holds the boy's ass on in this case is the secret of the Chandrian? And or the Amir? Boom, did it. That's right. There's a gold screw in the box. We know that something rattles <laughs> around when he shakes the box. If that turns out to be true... I was suggesting that it was a metaphor, but I, I choose to believe that, Jeremy, you are the one suggesting that the the lackless object is literally the golden screw. Well, we're going to find out that this boy is, is in fact, Haliax, and that this is just another version of the Chandrian story, but it's Haliax trying well, to... All, hang, well, you're right, Jeremy. I mean, unironically right. I think almost all the versions, almost all the stories that we go into as far as stories and stories are a version of the Jack story, I think. Um, so, you know, we could be there too. This could also be a version of the Jax story. Also, I know we've talked about this, but Hal Eax and Jax, or possibly Eax, as he is occasionally yeah, referred yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, 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 and eh, and eh, ass. Eh, eh, Haliax, eh, eh. Jax, yeah. ass. Halley ass. Yeah. yeah, and his ass, his ass fell, his ability to die, what we all call the ass, has been taken from him. If you unscrew my belly button, would I not die? Truly, much to ponder. Uh... <laughs> Indeed. We have a very short letter today. Oh, oh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was me who forgot this You will receive 10 lashes at the midden mask, sir. I give my 10 lashes to Nick. He can have 20. I did not forget. (laughs) No, no. He's getting the lashes. He's the one who's being Okay, very well. Uh, It is the end of a chapter. This chapter was called Lack of Sight. It is also the last three words of that chapter. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm trying to I was trying to think why 
this phrase is so important because it's its own sentence on the page, my lack of sight. And it falls at the end of kind of a rhetorical set of three. It falls at the end of a paragraph. And I'm trying to figure out like why it's given such emphasis, that particular phrase, because it feels like it's supposed to be significant and, and calling back to something. And the only thing I could think of are the three levels of being a student at the university all have translations, right? You're an Elir, you're a Rilar, and then you're an Eltha. Is one of those seer? Yes. I believe it's uh, it's listener, speaker, and seer, or possibly the, the, the um, order has changed. But I have a different theory. I think that sight is a red herring, and the lack is what's Ooh. important. Because the word lack comes up a fair bit in moments of importance in this book. In every single um, preamble, oh my God, a prescript, nope. Not prologue? a postscript. Prologue. In every single prelogue and postlogue, there is the word uh, things that were lacking is brought up. And of course, there's the lackless family, which are central. So I think that uh, the word lack is what's important here. The site is uh, window dressing. I, I suppose it could be either, but we'll never know, or at least not until later. That's right. We'll never know. Well, listeners, uh, we will unscrew you until your ass falls off. Or did you have a letter, Nick? I did, but we can read it tomorrow. On another page of the wind. wind.